Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get down to business and talk some heat ball. Well, we have another guest this time, and it's the same guy. I, you probably are tired of having a Celtics fan on the on the pod, but he's a good friend of the show. So, Jack, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me back. Anytime. I appreciate it. I, I hope the uh, the Heat listeners can get used to the Celtics fan. We're not all bad, I promise. Just the, just the large majority, but I'll, I'll try to represent the good portion. Yeah, he, he's the only Celtic fan. Welcome here, as we have previously mentioned. But Kenneth, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. Always glad to talk ball, especially Miami Heat ball. Well, for today's episode, we're not going to talk a lot about Heat ball. Of course, we're going to cover the Heat Pelicans game. But there's, I don't know if you guys know, know, but there was a trade deadline this week. And a lot of crazy shit happened. So we are going to cover that. But in just a second... Let's talk about the Heat Pelicans game. The Miami Heat won their fourth, I believe, their fourth straight game, one twelve to ninety seven, against the New Orleans Pelicans to close out the road trip. Jimmy Butler was stellar. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. In fact, the big three they were all stellar there. It was, it was great seeing them all play together, and see how good this team can be with all those three guys on the floor at the same time. And you know. It, Last month it was a bit of a struggle not seeing a lot of not seeing basically one third of the big three all the time and yet we finally have them back and boy is it a treat to watch them. Particularly that fourth quarter, Kyle Lowry throwing touchdown passes to Jimmy, stealing the ball. It was just insane to watch. Kenneth, what did you like about this game? I mean, I just like the fact that even when the Miami Heat got punched in the mouth a little bit by a uh, invigorated or reinvigorated New Orleans team with the arrival of CJ McCollum, I'm 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 amazed that you didn't mention that um, that that was his first game in New Orleans. Oh yeah, uh, along I- along with Brandon Ingram and all that. I got it now, JJ. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> basically, just you know a re a reinvigorated New Orleans, as I mentioned, um, that came out with energy, came out with those two scores, bi doing bi things, pulling up from the mid range like he's shooting a layup, um, you know, punching back, and the Miami Heat still were able to do what they've been able to do over the last couple of games, which is come out in a quarter that has traditionally been one of the poor quarters, traditionally and formerly known as the third quarter. Um, and dominate this team in the third quarter. I think to a team to to a tune of twenty eight to seventeen in this one. Let me be correct. If I twenty seven you know, to eighteen. It. Oh, so I had my back end numbers mixed up. But yeah, twenty seven to eighteen. That's you know a similar approach as they've taken in their last couple of games, Washington and Charlotte specifically, where they've just come out in the second half with a mindset to sort of put the game away. Um, and it was good to see them continue to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, what could, what else can I say? I've, I've raved about I raved about the two dudes, our two best players, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They both had twenty nine points, leading Nuts. all scores. Nuts! It's just something has flipped. I mean, 
it's starting it's starting to garner some national attention what bam is doing for the last five games since that celtics game bro since that celtics game exactly ironically enough motherfucker (laughs) oh yeah turn the corner right after the game please that's fine with me (laughs) yeah i mean after that game he has been on a well not a semi on a tear he has been aggressive he has been attacking the rim i mean I even saw him, like, it was a fast break opportunity, but he, I saw him uncork a one-handed slam, like, looking like LeBron in one of those one of those slams. It was, it's it's incredible to see. I, And on the defensive end, he's doing things that probably only one or two other guys can come close to replicating. So I got league. two things, two things, man. Um, getting your doors blown off and only taking 11 shot attempts in the process will do that for you. That was, that was Bam in the Celtics game. Um, secondly, you just said something, and this is a conversation that I haven't touched on. I think me and Jack actually um, had this conversation when he was a site expert at All You Can Eat, and I told him I was going to write it, and I still haven't written it. It's in my drafts, but I think I'm going to write it coming up here. You have this argument with people all the time that watch Bam. This is why Bam is more LeBron than he is Kevin Garnett. When Bam reaches his full form where he just decides that he's going to come out and take his shots, he's more LeBron than he is Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett couldn't do some of the perimeter things, some of the open court things that Bam could do. And even though Kevin Garnett is an all-time great defender, he wasn't defending five positions as fluidly as Bam does. He could switch on to a to a small for, you know, half of the game worth of possessions if that's I mean, what occurred in picking and rolls that- and stuff. But Bam actually it. anchors teams from out top and along the perimeter. Go ahead. We saw that in the Charlotte game, the viral clip of him Absolutely. guarding four players in the same possession with different archetypes, all of them. And he pretty much guarded a three-man weave and then forced Miles Bridges into a shitty shot that he blocked. But here's the kicker. That still was the best look that they had on that sequence. Yeah, and he was – I mean, it's so good to see him, like – I mean – even like we all know he could do this, but I think something that I've watched in the past couple games, his ability to read the the passing lanes and steal the ball and just put a hand up and and just tip some passes and start fast breaks. Jimmy Butler is usually the one that does that for us, but seeing Bam do it as well, that's a really encouraging sign because we all know what Bam can do on the ball. Off the ball, he's still good, but you know he could be better. As you know, as Jimmy Butler is obviously an incredible off-ball defender, and seeing Bam reach that the, those heights as an off-ball defender is just amazing for me. And he could be one of those rare types where he wrecks game plans, but instead of the off instead of the offensive, we you know we are used to seeing guys wreck game plans from coaches that they don't know how to game plan around a guy on the on the offensive end. But Bam is one of those rare guys that can wreck your game plan on the defensive end of the floor. And that's yeah. when a special player, what a special it, player can do. It just so happens that we have three of those guys, though. And, and a couple more points before we move on to Brooklyn. You're right, yo. What separates Bam is he can be one of those guys where if his offense isn't working, he can still wreck your game plan with his defense. I mean, but if his offense is going... He's just a fucking wrecking ball. I mean, you can throw the game plan away, both sides of the ball, because you can't guard him when he's aggressive because he can do so much. And like you said, he's a one-man stopper on the defensive end. I can't remember exactly which game it was, but it was across the last three. It might have been Washington. But Bam basically screwed up a whole fast break 
because he guarded the ball handler all the way down, but he played the ball handler loose enough that he didn't give him a proper passing lane or spacing to make the pass to the lob man who was running the wing with him and just fucked up a whole fast break. One man. I mean, but every player can't do that. They aren't big enough. They aren't smart enough. They aren't strong enough. They don't have the, you know, whatever that thing is. They're not is. quick enough. They don't have the right. long, long I mean, arms. Any of that. And Bam can do stuff like that on the regular. You you also spoke to the fact of having guys that, you know, can wreck a game defensively. The Miami he had three guys that you can count on to do that. Kyle Lowry isn't quite that anymore you know what I mean but he's still like you give him a point five there because of the things that he does do um but he isn't like that uber level athlete or he doesn't have you know me and he's a little smaller but his toughness allows him to still be almost one of those guys but when you look at guys like Jimmy Butler when you look at guys like Bam Adebayo when you look at a guy like PJ Tucker they can absolutely wreck your game plan defensively if you take yeah. P.J. Tucker and stick him on your best wing, your best forward, the guy that you're depending on to do work for you, and you just tell P.J., look, you might get one or two open looks in the corner, but for 48 minutes, I need you in this motherfucker chest. That'll wreck your game plan. So, you know, and sidebar, and then we'll move on, I promise. It's a, another interesting concept. <clears throat> Everybody's talking about the Pat Bath play on DeMar DeRozan from the Bulls game. We're recording here on Saturday, February the 12th. So that was the game on Friday, February the 11th. Um, and, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you're on social media, if you watch SportsCenter. And Pat Bev did all he could. You know what I mean? Bumped him, stayed with him the whole time, made him feel him, got all up in his chest. DeMar DeRozan just spent away from the help and hit a tough, tough baseline midi from an impossible angle over the top. That's great defense, but elite offense. I said all that to say, think about this. And not that, and, and this is something that isn't going to happen, but it was just a theoretical conversation if Pat Bev was in Miami. How many times could you say about Pat Bev that well, he would be He the was fourth? in Miami for a bit. <laughs> right, Before, but not this, not this iteration of he won't Pat Bev yet when he was in Miami, though. How many times can you say he'd be the fourth best defender on a team? Well, that would be... Now think about that. The, that would probably happen only... Gosh, I think only on our team. There because... is, I, don't, I don't know if there is another team you can say that about. Yeah. It's just the defensive quality that we have on this team is incredible. And I hope that they keep growing from here. And that's without the the man that's lurking in the background. Deepo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that was our who, big acquisition at the deadline, which we'll get should, to. Who should be returning in the coming weeks we're arriving at the at the established the estimated timeline for him maybe after the all-star break we we should see him absolutely i mean you don't need him to be a mega factor right now as long as he's you know what i mean as long as he's wherever you know wherever that level is that he's going to reach this year his return as long as he's there by your first round of your playoffs by your first round playoff series and i think you're more than fine jack that brings up an interesting question as an opposing fan base, um, of course, you guys aren't anywhere near us in the standings right now. <laughs> um, all right, team, all right, all right. <laughs> still a team that's competing in the East. Um, and they're in the midst of a winning streak. We got to get them credit. They, no, they've I, been... that's, well, that's what I'm in the process yeah, of doing. Yeah, that's Jay. right. That's, that's right, what I'm JJ. In the of doing. I'm in There's the process the, of doing They're that, the best statistical defense in the NBA since January. Nah, Talk stats. It. 
Say it. What did the win column say? But anyway, as an opposing <laughs> team, do you guys are you guys aware or conscious of the fact? Is that something that you're talking about as a fan base or as people who cover the team that the Miami Heat still have Victor Oladipo waiting in the wings? I don't think so from a general perspective. I know me personally because, I mean, obviously I was a side expert at All I Can Heat. I think the Heat are the best team in the conference, right? When I look at the conference, I think the Heat and the Bucks are the two teams to beat. And then on a tier right below is the 76ers and maybe the Nets if they can get their head out of their but uh, and then I put the Cavs and the Bulls and you the, can say uh, ass the Raptors. Here, Jack, by all, right, the way. all right, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure. Get their head out of their ass. Um, and then I put you know the Celtics, the Sixers, the Cavs, and the Bulls right there next to them with the Raptors as well. But I, I think the Heat and the Bucks are the two best teams. I'm wary of what Oladipo will be able to bring when he comes back because he hasn't played basketball in such a long time at this point, right? He he, he played what four games for the Heat last year. He played some yeah, for the Rockets, for the Pacers, but yeah. So I, that's it, a, it's on the radar but it's like i don't know how much like I, I don't know if he'll play more minutes than like caleb martin or max Struess. you know these guys that have been so good for you guys that's a legitimate concern jack i mean i i have brought it up um before but still you know if he comes back i mean i'm not expecting him to be 2018 victor oladipo nobody yeah, is honestly of course but if he can retain some of that defensive prowess that he brought on the perimeter and maybe I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if the bounce is gonna be there for him because mm -hmm. those are two catastrophic knee injuries. In at least not early. Two years. At least not early on. At least not early on. He can get that bounce back if if the if the procedure and if the recovery is going as well as everybody else makes it seem. But no, I agree. You don't know if that bounce will be there early on or at any point this year to the point where you can you know call it that depot bounce that you've seen. But to your point though, Jack, I think I mean to your point, JJ. I think that's why, you know, and I, you use the words like you use um, as far as uh, some of that defensive prowess. And, you know, even with Jax, you know, you know what I mean? It's doubt, but it's like not complete doubt. He used the word weary. And even with the word I use or the phrase I use, 65%, 75% of himself, what we've done as a basketball, uh, what's the word, as a sports, a basketball um absorbing society and as a Miami Heat fan base I think we've become uh, we've started to temper our expectations early so that as long as he's giving us enough of a quality showing we won't be upset so I think that's a part of it all we all understand that and you know everybody kind of has that vision or at least that sort of understanding about Depot that you can't expect him to be the guy that you know was an all NBA caliber all-star level player right now because he is trying to get reacclimated coming off an injury long absence an injury that was a result of another injury that wasn't properly fixed and all that jazz so i think that is the saving grace and to your point again jack that actually helps us out because with the way that max plays um well has been playing across this season with our absences injury and covid was every team has dealt with with the way that gabe has played with the way that caleb has played you hate to have to make the choice to take one of those guys off the floor. Well, yeah. the kicker is with the way that he play, it might be a different guy on every night. And as you mentioned, with and well, as we all have mentioned, with the uncertainty surrounding Depot, you know, you don't have to force Depot because you have those guys. But at the same time, it mm -hmm. gives you the benefit of the doubt to be able to play who's going well that night. Yeah, and I mean, as you said, I mean, in the playoffs, it's all 
you know, listen, at this point, we're all aiming for the playoffs. We want to, obviously, the first seed is a very important aspect of it. But the playoffs are in in everybody's minds right now. And just get there. Get there un, as unscathed as possible. Right. Get so, there healthy. Yeah. So, in the playoffs, there could be a round where Caleb Martin and Max Trues do not see the floor. And there could be another round where where they, they are playing. Totally. Like for example, against the Sixers or against the Bucks, maybe they don't play as much. Absolutely, because you're gonna play dual bigs. But against the the Nets, those guys are gonna see a, a heavy workload. Against or even against the Celtics, who are probably gonna run a lineup that consists of Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Robert Williams or Al Horford, whichever one of those guys they want to throw. No, absolutely, I agree. Yes, Jack, I've thought about it a lot. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, so. All those things, I mean, here's the thing. When we get there, we'll probably have all these conversations. Ah, Look. you know, we're sports people, man. We love projecting. <laughs> fuck, fuck reality of the now. Let's talk about the guy we're going to get in two summers. No, we're not going to enjoy the room we're on now. Let's talk about the guy <laughs> we're going to get next summer. You know how we do. Well, speaking of getting a guy next summer. I mean, oh, God. Oh, I, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. you were going to do it. Well, you, you set me up. You yourself. set me up. You threw a, a changeup right down the middle. So, we got to talk about it. I mean, there was a lot of talk on the timeline last night. I I thought nothing of it, honestly. But, you know, just for just for shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. Good, good, good job by you, JJ. Good job by you. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. There is, like... There was an excerpt of the crossover podcast between Howard Beck and I think Chris Mannix of, his, yep. of Sports Illustrated, and there was and there was an excerpt there of I think it was Howard Beck talking about Donovan Mitchell's discontent with the mm-hmm. Utah Jazz and the brewing drama between Rudy Gobert and, and himself, and if the Jazz flame out early in the playoffs, which they very well could because they have yep. not I. I think their window is probably closed, unfortunately. With the, and I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking next season and beyond. Next season, you have the Clippers at full strength, who have made a bunch of trades that really strengthened their have strengthened their team. Although I don't know, I don't know what they got from getting rid of Ibaka, other than helping the Bucks. But maybe, maybe they just don't think Ibaka fits they, in anymore. But they probably just they just wanted to free up that space to allow some of the other guys to be able to come on that can um, play and help them. I mean, it doesn't sound productive, but when you're looking at guys like Man or you're looking at guys like BJ Boston, you're probably going to end up running the lineup where they're sliding in, sort of like we described with the Boston Celtics. It's like you're going to have a point guard, one of those guys, Kawhi, PG. Well, I'm sorry, Norman, Norm now, Nor Powell, PG, yeah, Norm, PG, Kawhi. Hartenstein or Zubop, and then one of those other wing guys as a defender, they're probably going to go. Because in the grand scheme of things, PG or Kawhi in today's age can be a two, three, or a four. Yeah. So, but yeah. Moving on, moving to the Donovan Mitchell side of this, they mentioned the names Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and how the Utah Jazz are going to. Utah Jazz are gonna love them, and that prompted some discussion on the on Heat Twitter about, oh, I wouldn't give up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and just to entertain w- the conversation, I I'm of the school, to, I'm, a, I'm, a, but you I'm, have to. I'm of the school of thought that if a guy of talent like Donovan Mitchell becomes available, you unload the clip for him, especially at his age, his skill set, and we all know he 
He's a Heat fan at heart. I don't know about unload the clip, but everything besides Jimmy, Bam, and uh, Jimmy and Bam is available. And if I give you all the rest of that stuff, you can't have Cal Lord. Oh, well, that's that's that will probably be the 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 piece that holds up the whole thing. But, you know, let's let's talk about the deals that actually happened. Although, Jack, if you have something to say about this Don, whole Donovan wait, Mitchell Wait a thing. minute. What do you mean the piece that holds up the whole thing, J.J.? I'm confused. <laughs> no, no, you got to address that. You can't just say that and moonwalk off. Well, I will try to hold on to him as much as possible. Hold on to who? To Kyle. Well, see, mm. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get that. I agree. But if I'm going to give you all of that and I'm going to have to give you some draft compensation, you don't have no fucking leverage. You like the you like the seven. Well, you like the Brooklyn Nets in this situation. The man said he's not going to resign. I mean, I know Donovan got some years left on his deal, but it's just, you know, you've seen your peak. Um, and we and I didn't get a chance to talk on that, but I do want to spend one minute on that. Um, the, the Jazz, they one of those real Atlanta Hawks type teams. They can do really good in the regular season, but you know what they're going to be in the postseason, mm-hmm. and especially with what you mentioned with the uh, West strengthening. But yeah, I don't know, man. If I'm going to give you Duncan, and you're probably going to end up giving up Max. You're probably going to end up giving up Caleb or Gabe. If I'm going to give you all that and draft conversation, I can't give you Kyle as well. Like you can, you can get Tyler, Kyle, and one of those guys, but you ain't gonna get all three of those guys the draft compensation. Tyler and Kyle, I'm sorry. Well, like Pat would Riley you give up stupid. Hero? Would you give up Hero in that trade for for Donovan Mitchell? For Donovan Mitchell, yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't want to. I would try to probably make them choose Kyle or Donovan. I mean, Kyle or Tyler. Mm-hmm. And okay. they're probably would, gonna choose Tyler. Absolutely, because Tyler's younger. Kyle's the hey, better player, but Tyler's younger. All, all I'm saying, if Pat Riley isn't willing to give up Tyler Hero. I know Donovan Mitchell's real good friends with Jalen Brown, so there's a, there's another spot. There's another, you know I'm just saying there's oh, another spot to be had a, there. You, oh, they don't. What are you <laughs> no, guys, you guys left to That's trade? all I'm saying. That's all I'm you saying. I'm just saying get, they're friends. You guys are probably getting Bradley Beal. <laughs> please no. I don't want Bradley Beal. I don't want Bradley Beal <laughs> at Bradley all. Beal. Well, not, please, please, take Bradley Beal. please no. I don't want. Yes, him. I'm begging not you to take all. him and give him a full max. Please, mm-hmm. please no. Keep mm-hmm. him as far away from the Celtics as possible. No shot. I <laughs> okay, don't want him. Uh, you guys you guys open this can of worms. Two minutes there. Are we starting to put Bradley Beal in that? Um, okay. I want to choose my words wisely would you, here. Would you give him the max, Kenneth? Fuck no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He, I mean, he built out a paper mache, it seems. And if he ain't built out of paper mache, his heart ain't in it because he acting like he built out of paper mache. Because I don't want to play for no sorry ass team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't want, I don't want no pouty ass motherfucker on my team. Excuse my French. You know what? What reminds me? What this reminds me of? When Charlotte didn't want to play pay Kemba, which mm-hmm. coincidentally you guys Celtics ended up paying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, and, and you got a really good year out of him. Yes, people forget that. Yes, yes, they did. Celtics did. But uh, afterwards, it was yeah. downhill, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably the that's the point that we've reached with Bradley Beal. You probably can get one or two other years, really good years, out of him. But after that, ooh, brother, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have a tough time and, swallowing that contract. Ahead, and a lot of Celtics fans, yeah, sorry, a lot of Celtics fans last year were saying trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal, and I, I never understood that. That always uh, was oh, the oh. stupidest shit. We'll, we'll gladly, we'll gladly oh take him. God. 
I wish Please y'all no. would have did it. I wish y'all would have <laughs> did no. it. God, no. Oh, man. How stupid. Like, I don't understand how people would think that's a good idea. Jalen Brown is already getting to the point where there's an easy argument to say he's better than Bradley Beal. He's always been oh, he more is. efficient than Bradley he Beal. Yeah. He's yeah. superior defender in every aspect of the word. He's, like, the what, six Bill years younger? Shoot it. Yeah, that's the only thing Bill does better is shoot it. But everything barely. else, as you mentioned, and, and that's barely. He's Jalen Brown shooting right. better from three this year, so it it just never made sense to me. It just, I yeah. mean, you know, Brown is better everywhere. Else. He's bigger. He's much more durable. He's yep. a two way guy. Yep. He's an athlete. He already fits what you oh, guys want to do. But, but Bradley Beal is friends with Jason Tatum. Shut up. Just let's come on. Let's let's cut. Stop. Stop that. Hey brother. Just, uh, hey brother. We're the Miami Heat. If it comes to Bradley Beal rumors, bullshit, innuendo, believe me, we know. <laughs> when did the NBA become you. like a, like a sort of, oh, like high school, like oh, I'm buddies with this guy, so uh, I, w- I want to go with him. Uh, listen, man, come on, don't act like LeBron did this shit. Come he's on now, he, you he, know the he, answer. JJ. Yeah, JJ, he's our favorite player, but we gotta admit it. Um, player empowerment is code for LeBron's world. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever LeBron do and whatever LeBron thinks is cool or however he approach it, that's basically the CBA. That shit started I mean, in South Beach. Let's be real. <laughs> it's it's code for um. I want to. Oh, you know what? I'm. I want to go with my friends. I want to work with my friends. Oh my god! I love NBA podcasting on a Saturday because you've had a whole week worth of storylines. <laughs> By the way, LeBron is fucking out of LA, ain't he? Oh, he's screwed. Oh. They're they're done. They're so done. I've, when he I leaves mean, next year, and they're just a carcass. Oh my god! Listen, listen. When when they start. When you see, like, I think it was Bill Simmons who first mentioned this, and he planted it on my mind like Inception, and I was like, hmm, that actually could, I could see it happening. You know, the clutch machine. The devil works hard, but the clutch machine works harder. So, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, whenever you see the ESPN piece drop, and I did not say this, it was, it was Simmons, but... Look at you covering talking, your ass. It was not me. It talking about <laughs> talking about how the Cleveland Cavaliers got these youngsters and this really young team, promising ding, ding, team. Ding, 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 ding. You already know the writing's on the wall for LA, but hey, they got Westbrook. So who, who said who said that his back is only hurting because he's not used to sitting as much? <laughs> that that was the most out of pocket shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh totally my on God. purpose. Totally that, on purpose. By the way. I mean, shit. I would tell him to go home if I if I'm if I'm the Lakers front office. I'll just say, you know what, go home. So what you just gonna stay say? Away well, from the team. well, you know what? Go to your house where you can stand up all the damn time. Is that True. what you gonna say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's essentially undermining his coach on national media. Yeah, it's wild. Do you do you think that he wished he was traded? Either of you guys, do y'all think that he wished that he was traded? Well, wasn't Probably. there a report there that? That Houston and LA were talking about a John right. Wall for Westbrook. Houston swap, offered but, it. Houston right. offered I think, it. The Lakers I was about said to no. Say, I think LA turned it down. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, because Houston wanted a 2027 first round pick, which looks yep. juicy right now. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that does look very good. But well, I, this is a little off topic now, but you mentioned like, oh, Cavs have a young up and t- coming team. You know, LeBron, the writing could be on the wall. If you're the Cavs, and obviously it's LeBron, so you'd take him back. But would you even want him back? Realistically speaking, and that's crazy. You got to Dan Gilbert. Yeah, if you're the GM and the owner, fuck no, you don't. But here's the thing: it's LeBron James. Exactly. He's, Cleveland, he's Cleveland's very own, and even with how well you've played this year, 
with the level that LeBron's playing at now, you're not going to gut your right. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, you're not going to come. You're going to have to ship some shit out. Don't get me wrong. But you're still going to have, at worst, two of the pieces you got now. Matter of fact, you're Kevin, like, so Kevin Love's going to still be there. He's shown that if he's playing 25 minutes or so a night, he can still be a starter on a very good team. Um, so, and I'm not saying for five more years, but for a year and a half, two more years, which is a championship window when you're looking at the short term with LeBron, because at this point he's a year and a half to a year and a half because of his age. But even with the way he's played this year, you know next year he's still going to be pretty damn good. So yeah. you're going to have two of those pieces. You're still a title contender. As a GM and an owner, you don't want to do it because you're sacrificing the next 10 years for the next two years. But here's the thing. As fans, you know, we're going to clamor for that because we're thinking about the here and now. And as the GM and the owner, you're not going to be able to look your fans in the face or sell them the fact that you had an opportunity to bring LeBron back to his hometown and possibly get another title right now as opposed to holding out for what could be across the next 10. Yeah, but you definitely like... Wouldn't that sorry, be like ahead, the Jay. ultimate? Yeah, sorry. Wouldn't that be like the ultimate swan song for LeBron? Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. And and I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't think we would do it because Pat Riley fucking hates his guts and hates clutch, and now we want to gut <laughs> our team. But whether it's Cleveland or Miami, I think that would be an appropriate swan song for LeBron. Well, and also, oh, well, go ahead, Jack, and then I'll. Yeah, I sorry. Have an my, my thing is, the Lakers have no leverage either. So realistically speaking, if you're the Cavs, you say, okay, well. I don't care if LeBron wants out. I'm not giving you Mobley. I'm not giving you Garland. I'm not giving you Jared Allen. You can take Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton, or you can just deal with LeBron not wanting to play. Like that, realistically speaking, that's what you could do, and that wouldn't be so a terrible take this trade. Can of, take this can of sardines or nothing. Yeah, yeah, literally. Also, interestingly enough, next season is LeBron's last year of his contract with the Lakers. He's. He's going to get paid $44 million, mm. and he's a free agent in 2023. At well, age 38. Do you know what he wants to I, do? He wants to go play with Brownie. He's going to go wherever Brownie gets drafted. Absolutely. But, but here's the kicker, though. If you're LeBron James, Brownie gets drafted wherever the fuck you want him drafted at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you you know what I mean? But, but and here's something that we haven't thought about. And we're coming up on minute 30. We promised, guys, we're going to preview Brooklyn a little bit and get to the trade deadline. But the storylines have been so juicy here. Um... We 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 really have to once we realize where Bronny slots in in the real NBA draft pecking order and what his plans are as far as college the next level and you would think that he's going to go to the ignite situation which he should be able to do off name alone um, or come straight to the league and you say that based on the fact that he's already copywriting shit and getting his shit set up for branding even though you know with the NIL you can do that in college. Um, he's just a businessman because of who his father is. So you think he's either going to go straight to the league or straight to the G League Ignite situation. But I think that we have to see that situation shake out. Sorry. Karate, I mean is that you? It, right. I was about to say, I don't mean to turn into karate right now. But we have to see how that's going to shake out before we can really make any proclamations there because that is important, what you guys mentioned. I do think that all the chatter we've heard over the last couple of years is a real thing. He wants to play with Bronny. Not only because that's his kid, not only because, you know, it's some special shit. And whether you want to believe it or not, LeBron James is one of those guys that actually lives to be able to, you know, put his imprint on shit, do shit that nobody has ever done. He, he's one of those guys that lives for stuff like that. But then secondly, um, he's a businessman. Think about the content, the products, the, the memories, the commercials, 
all of that shit that they can do based on that father, son, LeBron, LeBron, you know, young LeBron type of ads and stuff like that. So I do think that's something they want to do. We just got to know more about what, where Bronny is in terms of his NBA future before we make that declaration about his pops. So wouldn't it be funny? Let me. Wouldn't it be amazing to see him win ring number five in Cleveland and probably ride it out and go home with his no. son on the team? Yeah. Oh my God, bro! Like, come on now. I mean, I, look now. Now we now the the, the fanboy and me coming back out orgasmic. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's go back to the Heat. Let's go back Swiftly to the Heat. Swiftly moving because, on. Swiftly moving yeah. on. <laughs> let's Jesus. Okay, let's move to the Brooklyn Nets game. A game that a, a Brooklyn Nets team that's lost ten in a row, and they're firmly in the playing picture. They're currently the eighth, eighth seed, I believe. They made a big trade. I don't know if anybody heard. They traded away James Harden. You gotta trade somebody after you on a after you you know running up on a ten game losing streak though, right? And it, you know how that whole thing unfolded was fascinating because publicly they were all saying i mean according to the report that was written by ramona shelburne from espn that he was telling the nets that he was committed long term but then he was talking to agents because by the way james harden does not have an agent he negotiates his own stuff himself similarly to lamar jackson who doesn't have a contract extension so hopefully that gets sorted out for him but that's a bit of a sports crossover there But yeah, he was telling the Nets he was in it long term, but then he was at telling agents what are his options to get to Philly. <laughs> well, see, so, because if you're James Harden, you don't have an agent because, you know, no respectable agent is going to do deals in the titty bar, which is his office. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a pretty entertaining office, man. I heard the chicken wings may be good. So, hey, look, man, depends on where you get them from. <laughs> well... Well, if, if if they find themselves in Atlanta, I think that would be a pretty good office to conduct business. Okay. So, uh, back, to same, <laughs> back to that same article you was talking about, though, man. Um, it's funny. They said when they when the Nets were on that recent West Coast swing that James Harden, even though he wasn't playing, didn't necessarily – he wasn't too unhealthy to, uh, how shall we say, partake in his nighttime business, if you know what we mean. <laughs> Yeah. Boom, chicka, boom, I mean, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka. You know I mean, what I'm saying? that's incredible. Like, the guy forced himself out of Houston. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say rightfully so, but that Which, roster, he, that roster had run its course. No, we know about James Harden. That had to be a tough decision because he left some of the best. How do we say? He was, ki- biz- he was the king there. Business places ever. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, also, go ahead. He was a god in Houston. Absolutely. Like, People loved him. He had a, a, I mean, he probably sure had, he had a plaque in all of the strip clubs. He probably had a mansion up down in Texas, which wasn't. I mean, probably. I mean, obviously, he earns a lot of money, so he yep, probably could have bought. A, probably, but could have bought a nice place in New York, but it's, obviously. It's, but they said that was one of his things about New York, though, that his taxes were too high, and coming from a place like Houston where there are no state taxes, I can see that being a thing. You go from getting all of your monies to getting your check and being like, huh? <laughs> yeah. So the man forced himself of his second team in 18 months, I believe, to go back to his old buddy again. Yeah, there's a theme. Wild. Well, Wild. Again, 
here's the theme again. I want to go with my buddy. Darryl so was Morgan. this a, was this always a long? It, now James Harden is a smart dude. We can say what we want, but he's a smart dude. Like the whole fat suit situation. Oh, brilliant. Um, that was his was, Batman suit. Right. Was this always a long play to get back to Maury? I'm just curious. I'm just asking. Well, he did have a chance. Like there was a report that I, that I read at the Athletic that Tillman Fertitta, owner of, the owner of the Houston Rockets, did he approached him and asked him, "Where do you want to go?" And he said Brooklyn because he wanted to play with Katie again. But he had a ch- he had his chance to go to to Maury again the first time, but he didn't. But well, now see, he wanted he wanted to go back. Right. I think that you know Ben Simmons and his presence probably has a little influence there too. If Ben isn't there originally, I definitely think he originally probably wants to go to Philly. But anyway, I mean, so Ben Simmons would have been in the package though. Oh, so you you know what? Now that you bring it up, I, I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought about it. You're right. He he would have to, right? Yeah, for mm-hmm. salary matching purposes, as Absolutely. an asset. I mean, Ben Simmons Unless by then was not Tobias a... Harris. <laughs> oh well, Unless they're giving up Tobias if, if, Harris. If for the <laughs> Rockets wanted Tobias Harris for the rebuild again. No disrespect yeah, then... to Tobias. No disrespect to Tobias Harris. He seems like a good dude, good player. Yeah. He's just grossly overpaid. But hey, it's not my money. Good for your <laughs> good for your family, man. Underpay and what you get paid is a relative term, baby. Somebody value. And you know what's crazy? This is the second time in James Harden's career, James Harden's career, that Daryl Morey has taken him away from Kevin Durant. How funny is that? I, it's just crazy how the world works, man. I mean, you talk about OKC, left KD for Daryl Morey, fast forward out <laughs> 10 years later, and he's doing the same shit again. So you say Daryl Morey is the um, Dave Chappelle meme of Rick James where he's yeah. looking out from euphoria <laughs> saying, come on, come on. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, did you see KD? He was petty in the All-Star draft. He oh, was my God. So funny. Oh, my God. Too good. Chuck, by I mean, the way, and then we've always talked about this. The man, he might have some bad takes, but there is no better sports personality on TV. He said, um, um, first of all, half man, Kyrie, half, 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 man, man, half, half a season, half a season, <laughs> half a season. <laughs> and then he was talking about um, James LeBron asked when he was drafted, looking at his little list. He was like, is James healthy? And Charles was like, oh, he healthy. He got traded, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then at the end KD goes yo uh, you want to trade me Darius Garland and LeBron goes uh, aren't you done enough trades for the day <laughs> to KD I mean KD's reasoning to picking Gobert over over Harden oh well you got you got LeBron James and Giannis on the other team and didn't he already like he had picked he already picked other big men but you know he he went oh yeah well, but he pick, wasn't gonna pick big. James Harden what the fuck you know what I mean no I mean of course he wasn't okay, but yeah it was, it was it was it was hilarious to watch it unfold in real time why we're still on Brooklyn okay by the way let's get thirty seconds in Kyrie Irving is the only guy that's playing in the Brooklyn Nets versus the Miami Heat game on Saturday night if you want to beat the Brooklyn Nets you come out and continue to do the same thing you're doing. Make sure that you keep Bam involved. Stay aggressive on both ends of the floor. Get in the passing lanes. You forced something like 17 turnovers against the New Orleans Pelicans, but you were only able to convert that to nine points. Um, if you contain Kyrie, if you turn a lot of those turnovers into points on the other end and continue to dominate the paint, which you did against New Orleans, scoring 50 points in the paint, 
you should have a great chance to win this game and going away. They just don't have the pieces um, going right now that, 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 that puts them in a position where they should be able to compete with the Miami Heat. Consensus, guys? Yeah, I I believe they the Heat should win this game. This is a team in disarray right now. However, they might be rejuvenated, like reinvigorated Absolutely. Me, by the trade and the fact that they've lost 10 straight and – and they got you know, a guy couple, that can give you 50. And anytime you're playing a guy that can give you 50, that can always mean problems. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I don't see any issues that the Heat should have. Okay, so we're a little jaded because we're fans outside looking in take Jack. Yeah, I mean, I hope you guys win the game. I mean, they're two games below the Celtics. I'd love that to be two and a half, so I'll say that. You but. know what? On second thought, let's lose. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, man. No. That... That's not the Heat way. Fuck that. I hate the Celtics even more. I think the Heat way is hating on the Celtics. All right, okay. all right. No, I think you guys should win the game. I mean, Kyrie is Kyrie, but if we've seen anything for the last 10 games, it's that that doesn't really matter. And also, I really think the Nets won this James Harden trade. You talk about trading a guy who doesn't want to be there for a guy that does want to be there. And I mean, the Sixers won too, but the fact that the Nets got Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and Pixu, I, I think this was go. a massive win for the Nets. That, not, I, not that they'll be I, playing against the Heat, but still. I was I was telling Kenneth, the Seth Curry part of that, I don't think Underrated. people are talking about Underrated. it enough. Underrated. He's a movement shooter, a ball handler, that does that will not have nearly the same defensive attention he had in Philly due to the nature of having Katie and Kyrie on the floor, having a facilitator of Ben Simmons' caliber. You know, people like to shit on Ben Simmons and all. Ben Simmons is still an incredible talent. And he has, he has some deficiencies in his game, of course, that are alarming come play of time. But he's still a really good playmaker, an incredible defender, and a guy that enables you, that gives you a line of versatility rivaled by maybe only the Miami Heat. Absolutely. So, and I think that what, what people are underrating two things, man. I'm a, I'm a, matter of fact, I'm going to start where you were and then finish where you were. Um, with Ben Simmons, man, listen, one thing about it, I think that he shoots when he gets to Brooklyn. I don't know if he does it well, but I think that he at least takes the temp because it was clear that he didn't fuck with Doc anymore. He wasn't fucking with Philly and the fan base anymore, and he don't fuck with Joel anymore. That just wasn't a situation where he wanted to even try anymore, and that was clear. So I think a couple of things change when you get to Brooklyn. But here's the kicker. When you get to Brooklyn and you're playing with ball-dominant guys like K, like Kyrie and KD anyway, you don't have to do that. You can be Draymond. You can just focus on the shit that makes you great. Playing defense, distributing, finishing your layups, and taking an open shot or two when they come because the defense is going to have to tilt and throw a lot of guys at the two motherfuckers who could give you 50 at any given time. Now, when you talk about, you know what I mean, um, Seth Curry, how unlucky at the same time, how underrated is he? He's been one of the better shooters in the league for the last three or four years, but nobody gives a fuck or pays it. Well, we give a fuck if you're a hardcore NBA fan, but nobody really talks about it because your brother's probably the greatest shooter of all time. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible get for And they sh- they short up their front court rotation with Andre, Andre Drummond. I forgot to mention that. Huge for them. And I think this is good for him, too. Because don't get me wrong. I don't know if he was still a max lever player, but he was still a $15, $20 million guy on a team that actually took advantage of his shit. If you put him on the floor, he's fucking at least 12 points and 17 rebounds. If he plays the minutes. 
and that's even in this league. Now, you got to get this big-ass condition because we're going to have to run, and we're not going to play around you and dump it to you. But as long as you can run the floor and be athletic and, you know, not foul the fuck out every game, I know you're going to get me 12 to 15 points and 17 rebounds. I think this will be good for him and the Nets. Now, I hope it isn't too good because I don't want him to be no problems, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Of course we don't. But listen, obviously, listen, I still have the heat coming out the East. But it, you can't deny it got significantly tougher for them. Uh, oh, definitely. Both. This 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 was a good this was a good move for both sides, and it definitely. If you're the Heat, if you're the Bucks, if you're any of those, the Celtics, hell, if you're any of those other teams competing to come out of the East, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I mean, you know, I, I hate to do it, but you guys, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, if you're any of those <laughs> other teams, then your antenna definitely have to go up with this deal. I agree. Yeah. So, we talked already about what the Nets got. Let's talk about the Sixers. They got a, hopefully, a fully engaged and, and you know, well-conditioned James Harden, who Im- immediately probably has, it forms the best duo in the NBA with Joel Embiid. So, I'm interested to see in how they work out the on-court fit. Because James Harden historically works extremely well with elite role men. That's why Clint Capella made a whole bunch of money. Because James Harden and Clint, Clint Capella's pick and roll was lethal. Joel Embiid is not mostly known as a pick and roll player. I'm interested to see if he is willing to set more screens and roll to the basket. He's more of a post-up guy, shooting the midi and backing down guys and... and jump hook you to death or and or draw a foul oh he's definitely an iso guy he's the he's a apex pinnacle of an offense type guy so um i think that's an interesting dynamic you bring up too but he's such a great player that no matter what scheme you put him in he should be massively effective i think the biggest adjustment is going to be being able to be him his best self without the ball in his hand something that i've talked to jack about um a little bit about their guy that they got which we'll get to shortly as well However, a big win for the Sixers that I think has not been discussed enough as well. They kept Maxi. I would have liked to have kept Curry as well, but they kept Maxi. And Tybalt. And Tybalt as well. Yep, yep, yep. But they were also forced to keep Tobias, which is money that they don't want. And (laughs) and to be honest, and and, uh, and see, I wasn't saying that to get a chuckle, Jack. Stop. You're making me look bad. I'm not talking about (laughs) Tobias. I'm just saying, like, because here's the kicker. The NBA is a relative game. You don't get paid relative to your skill set as much as with your skill set in parentheses relative to the next man that got paid before you. So that's why he got the money that he got. That was just what the market dictated. And I think he's still underrated. I don't know if he fits everywhere, but he's a solid player that's going to give you consistent production and he's going to play both ends and he's going to show up every night. Um, But I get it why some people, you know what I mean, feel the way they feel, but the report was that they wanted to try to get off his money and they were forced to keep him. Um, you know what I mean? So not to put it out there like as a, you know, big joke or whatever, but, you know, so it was some give and take there. I agree. But I think that Joel is good enough where he'll be able to adjust to that pick and roll. And hell, he has to at this point, because if you're Philly, um, I mean, if you're Philly or Brooklyn, what other fucking moves can you make? I mean, this was the move, but if you're Philly, then you're saddled with this, for at least the next three, four seasons because James signed the extension, right? No. Well, he reportedly did opt into his player option, but then another report came out that he did not 
he had actually not opted into his oh, option. Okay. But I, I that's what he I heard had. too. Okay. It's, but, no, yeah, I saw the report that he had, but then sorry, JJ, and then I saw something yeah. come out, like you said, that said he had to have. D- if he were to opt in, he would have had to have done it before the trade went through, and since he didn't, it didn't. So I, st- I would still assume he'll be in Philadelphia oh, yeah. next year. It's I, just oh, yeah, has to wait yeah. till the offseason. Yeah. It's like formality, yeah. I think. Yeah, they I mean, probably got a they probably got a wink wink deal in. He'll absolutely. probably either opt in, sign the extension, or opt out and then sign a big contract. And, and come on, guys, it's more. If Maury gonna do one thing, I'm sorry. If Maury ain't gonna do but two things, it's gonna be count beans, crunch numbers, and sign James Harden to a long term deal. So that's three things. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's probably gonna get what he close to three hundred million. <laughs> a a big ass bag. <laughs> yeah. So listen, both teams are locked in. This is as Kenneth said. This was the move for both teams. They're locked in for at least the next, I would say, five years because they have no no other outs. Four at minimal, yo. At least four at minimal. So I've heard a lot of concern about the upcoming contract for James Harden and how he's going to age. That's a legitimate concern given that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, because he got a lot of wear and tear. His game, it don't necessarily translate to a slow dude. Even though he's not the quickest dude, it's like he still has that quick first step that where he might not be able to go all the way by you, it puts him in a position, which is you on his hip, where he can then – dictate you play that herky-jerky game draw the foul or get you to bite enough where he can step back and nail it on your ass although he could rely more on his strength because absolutely and i think that's something we saw in brooklyn not to cut you off go ahead yeah because james harden is built he's a strong guy so i'm interested to see how he ages we forget when looking at the little nba guys that they're still big as hell in regards to the average human being <laughs> I mean, so i agree see- did you see that picture of Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett, for those who don't know, is a defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. A massive like a, man. Right, built like an Olympic god. And Steph Steph Curry is probably taller than him. Wow. It's just, wow. It just puts it I, into perspective. I want to see that picture. I need to see that picture. Because you yeah, got one he's guy. Either, he's either taller or they're the same height. Right, and that's nuts, right? Because he looks yeah. like... He looked like 80s Hulk Hogan up top. But then you look at Steph Curry and they're the same height. Wow. You mean the guy from the CarMax commercial, Steph Curry? Yeah, that's Steph Curry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about the other trades. Jack, let's talk about the, the trade your team did. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Derek White to, to the Boston Celtics for Josh Richardson. Derek White, a guy that Kenneth has sung his praises on this this pod previously. I'm glad. Did, did you did you have to say that while he was on here? <laughs> I had Jesus to. I had Christ. to. Jesus. I I had to put you on the spot, Kenneth. But listen, I like the trade for you guys. I mean, yeah. as a like putting on my neutral NBA fan hat on, I liked it because he's not shooting the three well this year, but he's a really good on ball defender, and you can mm-hmm. roll out a backcourt of Smart and him. That's going to yep. be hell for any other backcourt that besides they face. Besides the Miami Heat. Besides the Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm confident in my guys, but I'm not going to lie. I know they're going to give them some fits. Absolutely, but a calorie market smart battle is one you'll sign up for 18 times out of 15. Oh, yeah, oh, there's so going to be a lot of lot of bodies, bodies on the floor in that. So I'm interested to see that mm-hmm. one. Oh, Cal so, already. Cal and Marcus Smart are both already complaining to the referees about the other one. I promise you. <laughs> oh yeah, if, uh, if there's a series like that, like 
the rest, man, they're they're gonna have to oh, get some oh, counseling. Oh, they're gonna earn their money. Yes, they're gonna earn their money because mm-hmm. on one end, Kyle gonna be like, "Did you see that shit?" And then on the other end, Marcus Smart gonna be walking over there doing the big eyes with it leaning over. For- you know how he do grabbing his shorts. <laughs> like, come on, don't, did you see that, bro? <laughs> don't forget PJ Tucker, the man who apparently mm-hmm. has never committed a foul in his life. <laughs> oh yeah, PJ, I love never. PJ though, man. P- PJ give you an expression in a minute, like mother, you 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 mother. <laughs> I mean. But yeah, all you guys had to give up was former Heat player Josh Richardson, who unfortunately yep. has fallen off a bit ever since he left Miami. So I think it speaks to either the coaching or just mm-hmm. he was playing well down here. I don't know if it was the beach, but he <laughs> he he nah. when he when he left here, he was a 16 points per game guy. And he went to Philly, and it all went downhill. Right, we got Jimmy, well, we got Jimmy you, Butler out of that. So you're taking the ball out of Jay Rich's hands. That's what it was. Like I, I hated the fit in Dallas. I didn't like the fit in Boston. Um, he was great in Boston, though. He was great. I, he was great in his time here. So I, I love Jay Rich. I, I give you that. He was he was great in his role, but it's sort exactly. of like that same thing I told you about Derek White. There are certain guys that unless you give them the opportunity to have the ball a lot. And I know Jay Rich brought it up for y'all a lot, but he brought it up just to be like an orchestrator to get it to yeah. JB or Jason Tatum at the top just so mm-hmm. that they could get a momentum start in the offense. It wasn't like he was coming down to make something happen or decision make. He gave it up and went and got his ass in the corner, which I understand. But um, it's like when you took the ball out of his hand, which is what he did in Miami, um, you know, you're not getting the same thing out of him. So I didn't like the Dallas fit, and I just think that he played his role well in Boston. But it, it yeah. does suck. But he'll be, Miami, good in, he'll be good in San Antonio, I think. And mm-hmm. Miami was mostly out of necessity because remember those teams, Kenneth? They were, they were good defensively, but Absolutely. nobody could put the ball in the basket. Real hodgepodge um, units. Real hodgepodge units. We got it done as a team. Nobody was a big-time scorer. You had a couple of guys that got you 14, 15, 16. I Deion think that Waiters, was the Tyler yeah, Johnson. Say, the Philly <laughs> well, Cheese. Deion, Deion Waiters was really fun there for a while. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Deion but, never know, saw a shot he didn't like either. But, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to win a whole lot of games or a playoff series for that matter with that cast of characters. <laughs> but we're, we're, in, we're in better times now. So let's talk about the other trades that happened in the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Raptors acquired another six... Nine six ten dude, and yep. Thaddeus Young, Go a guy figure. that, a guy that, uh, ooh, I would really would have liked to see him down here. Yeah, but, that was a that was a double blow to the Miami Heat, and I think after the whole Goran Dragic thing, Masai probably was itching to screw us. Um, and I want to say that Thad Young is probably a name that we were keeping a close eye on on the buyout market because he's kind of been hovering there all season. San Antonio really hasn't played him all year. So I'm sure you had a lot of teams, especially a team like us that, you know, might want to add to the power forward depth. Um, We're keeping an eye on him. But once you ship him to Toronto, you can cancel Christmas because he fits what they do. And with them making the push that they're making, he's going to help them out a lot. I mean, maybe all of their fucking guys won't have to play 49 minutes in a 48-minute game a night. So they ended up giving up Dragic in order for to salary match and Drew Eubanks, who ended up getting waived. Dan, the video coordinator, come home. Oh, yeah, Dan, the video coordinator. <laughs> so, by the way, we can sign a guy named Doran Grogic. So, we, we can really? sign him. So, really? Yeah. Is, is he nicknamed Aragon? Yes. And I and believe he's, he has some basketball experience, so we can sign him I will him say, 
at the very start of the season, Kenneth, I remember I texted you, hey, any chance you think Goran Dragic ends up back on the Heat? And you said it wasn't going to happen. And I'm just saying it looks like it could happen. <laughs> well, it could just... happen, but listen, I'm having a hard time seeing it right now. Our yeah, guard yeah, room yeah. is going to be crowded as hell I when the Evo comes back. Oh, here's the thing about that, though. You can always do the shot maker, and especially for a team like the Miami Heat, it doesn't mean the same thing on every team. But for a team like the Miami Heat, good juju, good fields, and chemistry means a fuck ton. I'm just Unless saying. there's an open, there there's an open roster spot that one of those roster spots is going to go to Caleb for right. to complete his contract. Think- and after you and after Thad Young gets scooped up by Toronto, I don't think there's another guy out there, power forward wise, that just blows. I don't. I, as a matter of fact, who's out there as a power forward? Let's talk about that. What power forward will hit the buyout market? And I was thinking about this. There Tristan? was no. I, I yeah, take good luck. Yeah, I don't want Tristan <laughs> Thompson down not, here, but that's the only guy that came room, to mind. Not in Miami. Hell no. Um, oh no! I'm a, I'm a Tristan Thompson one. in Miami. That spells disaster. Oh yeah, man. hell yeah! It's gonna be a different social media post every three days. I'm a lot of Tristan's child support baby. down here. Right, exactly. A lot of child support. He's gonna have to be in a pain. So, um, shout out to shout out to Tristan. He young <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain, ain't he? But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I was now bear with me. This is the only guy that would keep me from offering that spot to Dragon. Oh, by the way, you know that the buzz was Dragon going to the Dallas Mavericks, but after they made that trade and got Dinwiddie, they still have Jalen Brunson um, just re-up Dorian Finney-Smith and not the same position. I'm just saying, like, you're you, you spending your money and you brought guys in. I can't see Goran going there, right? Or am I tripping? By the way, I'm curious at, I think so too. at that move for Dallas. So Dinwiddie's still on the hook for next season. Absolutely. Brunson is a free agent. So are they end up gonna pay are they gonna pay that move Brunson? was stupid. That move was stupid. I don't get it. I, I think they mostly did it just to get they rid did, of KP. Right. They did it to get off KP money and I think that when you look at Brunson and Dinwiddie, they both give you Luca insurance, but at the same time you could play them both beside Luca because Luca's still a big guy, even though he has the rock in his hands a lot. Um, and then also even if you want to stagger it, you can play one of your six man. But yeah, if it's not to unsaddle yourself with KP's money, it's totally a moot move. But also, you you know, why, I think that. Go ahead. Why didn't they try to get Harold? Because Harold got moved. A role like a, a role man of that quality with Luca as a ball handler. I don't know. I would have tried to get him. I think you make a good point. But then you also have to think about Washington's willingness to include that. What did they get from Charlotte? Oh, I forgot the package. But yes, they well, they obviously was, got something. It was Ish Smith, Vernon Carey Jr. and a yeah, second yeah, round yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ish Smith was important Dude, you, for them. Losing Bradley Bill, they needed a guy that can come in. And they really like Ish Smith um, in, in Washington. By the way, and you should like Ish Smith because Ish Smith only goes to a different team every year but has had a job for the last 20 years, which means he's a pretty quality player. And I, mean, I will say yeah. for you guys – I know one of you guys mentioned like forwards that could get bought out. Some names that I'm I'm seeing. Um, uh, yeah, I was gonna mention that too, but I'm not gonna step on your toes. You're probably gonna mention my guy, but go ahead. We'll see. I've I've just been looking around. Um, the Clippers could buy out Shemi Ojale. I know Celtics bias. I'm just saying, if you need someone to play defense, it's meh. Sixers could buy out. I don't know. Sixers could buy out Paul Millsap after the trade, which would be mm, rather, whatever. Still rather have well, more. Still rather well, have that, more. De- well, DeAndre that Bembry, name has been. 
that name Bembry sorry, got bought out. Rock. He's smaller. Yeah, no, Bembry no got, problem, sorry. Wait a minute. Washington bought out Bembry? Uh, yeah. Brooklyn did. Brooklyn bought out no, DeAndre Bembry. Waved him. Brooklyn bought out. Ooh. They waved him. Waved him. Same Hold sorry. on now. Hold on and now. And then Brooklyn might be waving. Uh, I, I've read somewhere that they're looking to wave one more guy. So they're buyout. Sorry. They could buy out either Blake Griffin or James Johnson. So I know old face for you guys. But Now listen. Oh, now listen. If you buy JJ out. I'm sorry. <laughs> JJ out. Bring his ass home, okay? Bring the black um, belt back home. I hope they buy JJ out. I'm going to write that. Um, by the way, well, you can check me and JJ out for your written Miami Heat needs at allyoucanheat.com. Again, that's allyoucanheat.com where you can check us out for all your daily written Miami Heat needs, me and JJ. Check us out, yo. And by the way, I'm not the JJ getting bought out. It's James Oh, Johnson. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you although know, I would love people. to get bought out. Got a whole lot of money just to send wait, home. What, so. what the fuck, JJ? Wait a minute. Where did that leave me, brother? <laughs> um, but listen. The set, no, I wanted to mention this name before we get too far ahead. Denver wanted they, it, it, the reports were that they were trying to trade Jermichael Green. Now they also say that Michael Porter Jr. and Murray are close with their dirt. Well, with their uh, depth of wing options and forward options. Once Michael Porter Jr. comes back and with the rotation that they play, of course, with Jokic playing a lot of minutes at the at the big position and them wanting to keep guys around the perimeter so he has full reign of that paint. I can see a situation where Jermichael Green might get bought out. I can be sold on a Jermichael Green pickup. I would say Jermichael Green, James Johnson, and maybe Brimbray over Goran Dragic, but if it's not one of those three, bring Dan home. I would... I would consider Millsup just for the fact that he has he has been linked here since forever. I agree, but, but at this but point, think, what does Millsup give might, you? He might be cooked, I think. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he's just going to sit on the pond, hell, I'd rather have Gorn just sitting on the pond because at least you can call on Gorn in a big moment who already knows most of the principles. You can put a man with a four-guard lineup and say, look, man, I know you can hit a big shot. Uh, if you get the rock, please do. Yeah, I mean... I'm interested to see what the Heat do in the buyout market because if there's a spot that we could use some improvement in is our backup for. Because if PJ goes down, then we're in a whole heap of trouble. Um, I'm not so – I mean, only reason I'm saying backup for is because you can always use depth. And if you're looking at a spot on our team, it's probably there where you can use depth. But I'm not so hung up on that behind PJ thing as everybody else is. Cause, and and you got to understand – Caleb Martin is a guy who can slide down. You don't want him playing a lot of minutes there, but he's a guy who can slide down. What we've seen across the last couple of games, which I believe is something gearing up for the Nets and the Bucks, of course, um, is a lot of uh, two big man lineup where Bam is actually playing the four. So hell, Bam may be the backup four. Um, oh, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. This Though this situation, yeah. I'm gonna let you go. Though this situation is getting murky, you still don't know what's going on with Marquise. So I think there's still a little leeway there, a lot more than people are giving credit for. But I can understand the notion, so I ain't totally tripping. But go ahead, you were gonna say something on Bam. Yeah, I was gonna say that there's been after playing no minutes at all together, Detman and Bam have been seeing the floor together. Quite and a bit. it works. It works because Detman can shoot the three, and I mentioned that to you. And you didn't know, but I was like, look, man, we got to try it because Deadman is dialed in. He can knock that three down. Do you remember the play from the other night where Deadman had the ball along the right wing and it was like three different guys ran over him? And, you know, the big guys, they tend to hold the ball over their head when they can't find a pass. So he let three different passes go and he was trying to give it to him. But then the defense sagged off because he realized he couldn't get a pass and stand still like that. Deadman kind of looked at him and went, Tuh! 
and pulled up and knocked that thing yeah, down. I remember. Oh, it and, I love that. Love that. Yeah, but hmm, the only the only qualm I had I would have that. Well, they haven't played it with Jimmy on the floor. You can't really play that lineup with Jimmy on the floor. You need to have probably Kyle and Tyler. And I agree, but you don't probably necessarily Duncan need, or Max. Right. You don't need to have Kyle Tyler either when you got Caleb Martin becoming a three point threat, which you know I mentioned at the beginning of the season too. He was starting to take more and it was starting to look good. He was becoming more comfortable, which has only allowed him to be more of a menace at the rack. Because I'm telling you, you better keep your eyes open or he can put his nuts on your forehead. Um <laughs> you can play Caleb, you can play Gabe, you can play a big max lineup. Hell, when Depot comes back. You can put any three perimeter players that can threaten you from the outside, whether they're shooting threes or whether they're driving the lane, getting to the media, getting to the cup. You can put three perimeter players along them, um, around them, even if it hasn't been Jimmy yet. And with Jimmy's pension, even if he's not hitting because he's been terrible from range since he came to Miami, with his pension of at least taking one or two threes a game, you can make that shit work, even though he loves to operate at the cup and in the mid-range area. So it's just, you know, something we need to keep our eye on. Okay, so I think we are done today. We talked about a whole bunch of trades. We previewed the game. We recapped our previous game. So with that being said, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you got your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. You can also follow me on social media. Kenny, you were gonna say something? No, I was just waiting on you. What are you doing, guy? <laughs> well, well, uh, you muted yourself, but yeah. I mean, because you're say, gonna throw say the it line. to me. I, I listen, but here's the thing, JJ. I unmuted myself because I was gonna say the line, but then you started to say you can follow me on social media. So I thought <laughs> you were gonna finish and throw it to me for where I was getting myself prepared to talk. Let's start it over. Blah, 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 rewind like Wayne's <laughs> And where can they find you on social media, JJ? They can find me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJ R I V S and Victor E R A N B A. And on Instagram, you can find me at J Rivera 98. That's J A I R O R I V S and Victor. Once again, E R A 98. Where can they find you, my friend? They can find me on Twitter at K said K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E. Again, that's K said K on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find me at I M K Cyrus. That's I A M K C I R R U S. Again, I M K Cyrus on Instagram. My friend Jack, where can they find you on social media? Yes, sir. On Twitter is Jack Simone NBA, J A C K S I M O N E N B A. And then on Instagram is Jack T Simone. But again, Kenneth, you know what I'm going to say. Neither so I'll just, one I'll just of these fucker posts. Neither <laughs> one of them. Why do they have an Instagram? But we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next episode. So thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>